Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So what fallout will there be for Kevin Cash with his team or with Blake Snell for his decision to remove his ace from Game 6 of the World Series? And do the Rays have to win it all next year just to live down that moment? In the battle between analytics and baseball's traditionalists, do we have a winner? We'll break down the fallout from the Rays season with Tom Jones, my former radio partner and longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, you know who's got the best party planners for your catering in Tampa Bay? Well, that's easy. It's Mr. Empanada. What the heck is an empanada? Well, here's what you do. You take your favorite foods, you place them inside a pocket of homemade dough that is cooked perfectly until it is golden brown and piping hot. Their empanadas uh, are a fresh twist on some old favorites. Now, you can order delicious menu items from scratch, including soups, salads, and Cuban sandwiches online at mrempanada.com, or you can call any one of their seven convenient locations in Tampa Bay. Where Latin food quality and service meet, it's Mr. Empanada. All right, we'll get to Tom Jones here in just a second. Just a little update on the Buccaneers. They had kind of a bonus day of practice, if you will, um, on, I guess it was, you know, with the Monday night game on Wednesday. This would sort of like be a Tuesday, so they have extra day of preparation. But in any case, uh, they were inside. Antonio Brown made an appearance, um, but only with uh, not practicing, but he was able to do some stuff with the strength and conditioning staff. Bruce Arians told us that he met with Antonio, had a nice long talk with him for a little bit, and um, that the guy looks tremendous. He's always kept himself in really good physical shape. Of course, he's 32 years old right now, so um, obviously how he came in was going to be an issue, um, but says he, he looks uh, looks tremendous, and uh, apparently you know, they think his his head is right. He's raring to go. He's not eligible until the Bucs um, get done playing the New York Giants, and then he'll be able to practice uh, on Tuesday. Uh, and, and, you know, with Chris Godwin out, might find himself into the game against the Saints here pretty quickly after that. But apparently, um, you know, as, as Arians told him, he said, look, basically your life for the next whatever months are left of this season is you're going to get up, you're going to come to work, you're going to practice, you're going to go home, you're going to watch your playbook, you're going to study it, wherever home is, hotel or whatever they decide. And then you can get up the next day and come in here and practice again. So there won't be any going out. Of course, he's gone going through COVID protocol um, and, and he'll have to join the team. Uh, I think they tested him for like six or seven days, something like that. Uh, but yeah, next Tuesday it starts for real. And, um, yeah, he was, uh, out there running around and, and, uh, getting ready, preparing to play. But in the meantime, uh, the Bucks are getting ready for their Monday night game against the New York Giants. So a couple of national TV games here, back to back that, and then the Sunday night game against the New Orleans Saints the next week, which could be for the NFC South lead. And that might be also, Antonio Brown's Buccaneer debut. All right, my uh, buddy Tom Jones joins us now from the Pointer Institute of Media Studies. Tommy, uh, I know you're a big baseball fan. I know mm-hmm. you, you covered sports forever and the Rays forever, and uh, me and you have kicked it back and forth about this franchise since they've been here and, and baseball in general. 
I got to be honest with you, man. The other night I'm watching, and it's, of course, you know, game six, elimination game for the Rays. We all know what happened. Um, the Rays lost three to one. That's the first thing that happened. But, uh, you know, Blake Snell starts the game, and they needed him to, to pitch well, and he did. He didn't just pitch well. He pitched extremely well. He was in fuego, as they might say. Um, and for him, who usually throws a lot of pitches, he was in the 70s, I think, you know, going into the sixth inning or something like that, which was really good. Um, and we all know what happened. I mean, the, the third time around, you know, he gives up a base hit. Um, and here comes, you know, the third time around in the order. And Kevin Cash, without hesitation, um, removes him from the game. And not only that, but he put in, uh, you know, a guy like Nick Anderson who has not been pitching well. I think he's given up a run every inning in the postseason that he's pitched. And it didn't work out. I mean, it more than didn't work out. They scored two runs. They end up scoring three altogether, and they lose three to one. Now, the Rays' bats, we can talk about. They were as silent as they could be, and that's probably the biggest reasons why the Rays didn't win this World Series. However, eh, eh, <laughs> eh, he should have cashed in, uh, gone with some credit. I, I, I just, there is, you know, and th- this is what's going to happen now. This is the debate that's all the rage. Analytics are killing baseball, Tom. Yeah, right. They're killing baseball. That's why the Rays made it to the World Series, and it's why they will never, ever win because, damn it, you got to have a gut feeling. Baseball is played by players, not by a, a, a some kind of bean counter that has all the numbers. So who's right? Yeah, you know what? I don't want to be that, you know, get off my lawn guy. You know, <laughs> I do. <where> <laughs> Well, my day, you know, when guys went out there, they threw 180 pitches for a complete game and then, like, smoked a pack of heaters right after they were done. Like, you know, I don't want to be that the, guy. Both ends of the doubleheader, baby. I'm going. That's, right. <laughs> That's right. Drinking a Paps Blue Ribbon and smoking a heater in between. Why not? Like, Why not? Because, because obviously the analytics stuff works. It does work, you know, <laughs> yeah, ultimately. I thought which you know one I, is the Oakland A's won a World Series I missed? No, no, that's true. How but about the Rays? Did they win no, one too? Yeah, okay. no. But you know what? The Dodgers did it too. But just to remind you, the other night when I think game five, yeah. Clay, Clayton, uh, Clayton Kershaw was um you know, he pitched what he came out of the game after yeah. throwing two pitches in an inning. Yeah. Two pitches, two outs, and they took him out of the game. Look, I thought John Smoltz had a really good point. By the way, he's really good on those broadcasts. I like John Smoltz. I like, let me tell you, just to back up a little bit from John Smoltz, and you say John Smoltz, and and then I'll give you um, Jack Buck's kid. Joe Buck, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Tremendous. Joe Buck. The call that he had on that Saturday night game, the one that was the craziest ending to a World Series I've ever seen, go back and listen to that. He does not miss a syllable. He does not stutter a comma. It is the most pristine call with the with the right amount of, of astonishment and, and just description. If you weren't watching the TV screen, you would have known exactly what happened. He was phenomenal. Exactly. And, and, and there are people that don't like him, and I don't know why. Maybe because he's just on on everything. It's kind of like the Al Michael syndrome, maybe. But do you believe in miracles? Yes. But but I but I still I thought that was a terrific call. Anyway, you are exactly right about that because I I think a lot, and I even heard some broadcasts of other announcers and a lot of them were just going a hundred miles an hour with a sort of like it, it falls down throw, the ball yeah. gets away and yeah. that's not buck at all there's not one uh or um nothing or it's trip. unreal it's a it's it's so it's almost like it's in slow it's almost like he had already seen the play yes and then he was watching it again and yes. describing it it was perfect yes but i thought smoltz made a really good point during the broadcast the other night after snell came out of the game 
where he was saying, look, there's a place for analytics in the game. And over 162 games, or even a 60-game season like they played this year, that if you, do, if, you, if you go by your sabermetrics every game, it's going to even out in your favor if you, if you do it right. And mm-hmm. so for all the things that the Rays and other teams do, but, but we're talking about the Rays as far as the shifts and using relief pitchers to start games and platooning people and pinch hitting and using the entire roster, a 28-man roster, in one game, like over a course of a season, they'll all even out. But the problem is what will happen is, say on April 24th, it might not work, but you got to mm-hmm. keep doing it, and then it'll work on the 25th and the 26th That's and the 29th. That's correct. The problem is, though, when you're playing game six of the World Series, it's not April 24th. It's not a game that you can afford to give away. And those are games that I think, Rick, that you have to, you do have to manage with a gut, and you do have to watch with your eyes and see what's going on. And it's one of those things, too, that I do think you throw analytics out when something extraordinary is happening, something happening beyond what you normally prepare for. And we saw that. Blake Snell was extraordinary the other yes, night. Yes, yes. And he was pitching as well as we've seen him ever, and certainly as well as he pitched in 2018. I think you have to take that into account. If it was your typical Blake Snell of, here we are in the sixth inning, he's throwing 95 third, pitches, he's struggling, he's mm-hmm. every, every at-bat's, a struggle and a grind, too. Yeah. yeah, in trouble, in and out of trouble all night long. Mm. Then I could see, okay, let's go to the formula that we always go to. This was not that. He was dominating the numbers. If you want to go by numbers, the numbers say that those four, first three, four guys in the order couldn't hit him. And so, they, yeah. Look, Rick, the other thing that surprises me a little bit, and I, and I get it. I mean, we're talking about was this – well, let me, let me get your take on it. I know you probably talked a little bit about this – in yesterday's podcast, but I mean, was it, do you think he made this call or was it just him or I mean, is he listening to other people, other people? Is this an organizational move or do you think that was Kevin cash? I think when you're, I think when you've um, accepted the culture of the Rays and you're the manager of that organization, uh, that franchise, you have to be loyal to that. I, I think, I think you worship at, at, you know, at the altar of the sabermetrics. I just think you have to you have to manage it with your players. You have to have a complete you're asking them, okay, to buy in. You're asking them to check your egos. If I ask you to start a game and I take you out after one one inning, or if you're a closer and I ask you to do it, or um, you know, if you're a starter and I don't bring you into the second inning, I'm asking you to buy into all of this, right? For for an entire season. It was only sixty games this year, but normally hundred and six for six months I'm telling everybody in the clubhouse, listen, I could bat you one through nine. I don't want to hear it. Uh, there's a reason why we do things. We have the, the analytics. We have, we're going to put you in the best position to, to help our team, the best position for you to succeed. Trust us. We're all doing it. We're all in this together, right? Put your hand in the pile, right? Right. Now, what happens when you get to the critical moment, right, and all of a sudden you take your hand off the pile? See, that's what I think. I, I don't think Kevin Cash – now, I'm not saying that the call came down from upstairs or Tampa, Florida, or where you know, St. Petersburg or wherever the hell, you know. Yeah, he wasn't wearing an earpiece. They're like, all right, go yeah, get him now. Yeah, right. Now's the – hey, what are you doing? Right. Um, I'm not saying that because I do think that they do give him some ability to manage the team. However, what are you doing? Okay, right. like what, you know, why do we have these stacks and stacks of analytics if you're not going to use them? And if you've used them all year, 
why then would you turn away from them, you know, when it says that his ERA is 14 the third time through the lineup in the postseason? So I, I don't think he had a choice in his mind because he's the manager of the Rays. Yeah. He's the manager of any other baseball team, even even maybe the Dodgers, which Andrew Friedman believes in a lot of the shifts and did the bullpen thing. Like, like you know, Friedman brought a lot of that to baseball. And fr- frankly, you know, baseball's hypocritical because I listen to A Rod and some of these guys talk about it. You know, and as if as if as if the Yankees don't do some of this stuff. You know what sure. I mean? Like they've stolen whatever they want, and then they've left the rest, you know, on the table. But it's not as if they they haven't been watching or paying attention. They've gotten their asses kicked, right, right uh, yeah. by the Rays. However, I don't think he had a choice because he's the manager of the Rays, and no, that's makes the sense, worst thing saying. I can yeah. say about it. And yeah. here's the thing: what you you know what I thought of while I was watching this game, and maybe it's just because I'm old, and maybe I don't know. I thought of Jack Morris. Yeah, I thought of what would have happened if Jack Morris, who pitched ten innings, okay, imagine. Ten innings of shutout. I believe it was a shutout baseball. I'm not sure. If yeah, one nothing. That. Yeah, it was a one yeah. nothing game. Yeah. What would have happened? What would we have deprived of one of the greatest World Series performances ever? Right. If Kevin Cash and the Tampa Bay Rays had Jack Morris on the mound, it would. You know what we would have seen instead? We would have seen a, a human being kill another human being on the pitcher's mound. <laughs> We would have had baseball history either Well, way. you know, I actually thought that Snell would put up more of a fight, except I guess he was just so used to this happening to him that he didn't know what to say. But even Snell knew he was extraordinary. You know what was difficult about it is when they showed that graphic about the next three hitters that were up, yeah. and all of them had struck out twice. Every yeah. one of them. And I from- think for this – look, here's the other thing, too, that kind of bothered me. That I mean, for the entire series, one through four, and facing Snell, I – I may have this number wrong, but I think it's right. I think one through six, they were one for 16 in the yeah, two games. Something like that. So this idea of like, well, through the third time through the order. No, well, they, faced them, they faced them four days ago. So it's not yeah, like they'd right. never seen them before, you know? No, no. And the other thing about it is this. And if you've played the game, and I know you have and I have, here's the deal. When somebody is handing it to you, so to speak, I'll, I'll keep it in an a, 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 a yeah. G level. Shoving it up here, yeah. Yeah, right. Um <laughs> <laughs> when you're going for a physical and yeah. So when that's happening to you as a hitter, right. And like, I'm talking, I'm not talking about soft contact. I'm not talking about balls hit hard. It's, I'm saying you're swinging miss guy, right? You're like, I can't hit this dude. Like you get up there and you're like, I'm going to hit the fastball. And, uh, I couldn't hit the fastball. And you're like, I'm going to sit on the, Oh, here comes the slider. And you, you just don't, you have no rhythm. You have, you're guessing. Mookie Betts was lost against Mookie Betts. Maybe the, arguably, in my mind, maybe the greatest player in baseball, like him and Mike Trout. Okay. You, yeah. You know, whatever, how it's like, you know, whatever flavor you like, chocolate or vanilla, it doesn't matter. The point is the best player in the game had no clue, right? right. No clue. And the guy behind him, no clue. They weren't taking good swings, bad. they were taking horrible swings. They didn't know what to swing at. This right. guy could throw any pitch, anytime, anywhere. That's how locked in he was. And and I haven't seen that from Blake Snell very often. Maybe going back to his Cy Young Award days, he may have had a couple of games like that. But in that moment, for that game, Blake Snell had had talked himself mentally into being so locked in. And athletes, as you know, Tom, they get into a zone. They get confidence about them. And it's not that you can't, you know, they're still throwing the baseball from 60 feet, 6 inches. They're not cheating. Right. But you can't beat that man's confidence. That's what you can't beat. And for, for, for Kevin Cash to take the ball out of a guy's hand that is that confident, 
I'm not that confident. I, I, I don't know how I could have gone out there and done that. I don't know how you look at him, look him in the eyes. Here's the thing, especially, too, is that Kevin Cash, Kevin Cash was a catcher in the majors. Yes. He's seen what that looks like sometimes. Yes. You have a pitcher that's just unhittable. He knows what it looks like. The only thing I can think, Rick, is that, well, two things I can think. One, he made the decision before the inning even started. CC Sab- I heard CC Sabathia say something interesting. He goes, look, if you're so dead set on we're going to do things this way, he That's said, then I would have started Nick Anderson to start the inning. Don't even send, don't even Snell out, send Snell out there to start the inning if you're right. going to jerk him. If, now, what, I'm sure what Kevin Cash was hoping for was that Snell would go one, two, three, and it would be six innings, and then you could take him out. But as it was, you know, you put Nick Anderson, he was in a tough spot. He brought him in. He wasn't pitching well. He had a guy on first base already, mm-hmm. you know, and then, it, and then it just turned into a complete disaster. But the idea that Kevin Cash knows what – this looks like the other thing too is is um you you just have to think that Kevin Cash isn't fully even while he was watching what we were all watching he wasn't totally sold that Blake Snell could go through obviously couldn't do it again couldn't go through that order again and it was to me I think it was a it's you wonder if how he felt about Blake Snell you know whether he really truly but, trusted him but let me no ask matter you this, what he was looking at. I will accept that. I will say I will accept that that he may not have had the level of confidence that maybe people watching at home did or Blake had in himself. Did he have the confidence in Nick Anderson? Where did that come from? Because I watched Nick Anderson, who I think gave up all of one hit, not one run, one hit to a right-handed batter during the year. And believe me, he wasn't the same guy in the postseason. He gave up a run every time he was out there. I don't know why. The ball was elevated. He didn't have good location, but they slapped him around really hard. So I can't remember a guy having as much confidence in a guy and less confidence in a guy in a yeah. sixty-game season. You know, at a playoff, right. like right. within three months, he went from a guy who was unhittable, unhittable. Yeah. in August, September, yeah. to now like I don't trust him. I don't, yeah. you know, and I don't know if he was out of gas or what. But um, now, here, let me ask you this question, Rick: Is does this have a long-term impact? on um, Blake Snell and the relationship he has with Kevin Cash. Does this – I mean, he said all the right – Blake Snell said all the right things. I wanted to stay in. I believed in myself, but I understand why they do it. And he said positive things about Kevin Cash. But is there – does this have a lingering impact that from now – like in deep down in Blake Snell's mind, does he look at Kevin Cash and said, you know what? In the biggest game of all our lives, you didn't trust me to get – three more outs or two more outs or one more out or whatever it was. 100%. There's no way in his, in his athletic life, while he's still an at, while he's still a guy with the baseball that they hand the baseball to, there is no way if he's playing for Kevin cash that he can ever look towards that dugout and think my skipper, he trusts me. He believes in me. He's got my back. Can never believe that. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and Frank, frankly, I would be disappointed in a way if he did. Right. You know why? Because he's not the competitor I thought he was. I thought Blake Snell, given everything that just happened in front of him and, and what he was accomplishing in the biggest moment of his life, his athletic career, um, handled it with way better grace than I would have. Believe me. They'd have had to maybe rip the ball out of my dead hands to take me off that mound. You'd have seen a, a, a vociferous argument. You know why? Here's why. I may never be on in the World Series again. You know how many players play in this game that just to get to that moment, to have that moment, 
and you're in that moment and somebody's going to take the ball out of your hands? I mean, think no about it. Way. You're right. Evan, I mean, Evan Longoria played it in his rookie year, never been back to the World Series again. And yeah. a lot of guys never go in the first place. They never go but ever. Yeah. I'll tell you this. I'm fairly confident to say this. And, and, and look, again, I think Kevin Cash is manager of the year. Yeah. I think he's one of the best stories in baseball. What he did to come in and follow Joe Madden and exceed it or equal it by going to the World Series is ridiculous. Who is Kevin Cash? He is the right guy for that job, no question. And he is he's one of the best managers in the game. Having said that, the chances that Kevin Cash ever manages in a World Series for the Rays again, Joe Madden didn't do it. Right. Joe Madden might be a Hall of Fame manager and won a World Series with the Cubs. So yeah. this is it. This you know, is, I, I that'll you know, be you on, on his on his on his first line of his Wikipedia page. You hit on something. It, to me, when that game was over, and you know how we are, Rick. We we watch the local teams. We don't cover. I don't cover the Rays anymore. You don't cover them. No. Um, I, you know, I have my. I did spring training though. I did. Yeah, full yeah. disclosure. I was there when when Brasso hit a home run oh, during the squad yeah. game, and I said, you know, <laughs> that's right. You did. If you they did ever say have on this podcast, they, if they ever have Chapman. Facing Brasso in game, but I <laughs> well, you say did it. say they were gonna. You did say they were gonna win the world. I think you said win or go to the world. I Series. said win. I, I well, and then, you I, came and then when they lost five in a row. Full disclosure: they lost five in a row. I jumped off the band. I broke both both ankles, cracked. <laughs> but I crawled back on it. I got you right did. back on that horse. No, you right it. before the season even started. I, you and I were on yeah, this I podcast. And you were Series, talking yeah. about they were mm-hmm. going to World Series, but. Um, but the thing to me, so I mean, I, I'm my, you know, my kids were into it, so I was watching it. Sure, I'm, I'm pulling for the Rays to win. But here's the thing, I was heartbroken. I wasn't mad at, Ke- like, angry at Kevin Cash. Like, I'm not invested enough to be angry at, at anything. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not angry about him. But I felt almost heartbroken for him because yes. I know what a good manager he is, and I know what a good guy he is. And he has to wear this. He's going to have to wear this for the rest of his life. Yes, yes. And in other words, the odds are, right, that he will never manage a World Series game again. Even like if this, he does. Even if he does. Well, if he does, he's going to go right back. That, how many times are they going to show that clip? Right, even if he wins another one. Yeah. Or wins one. Right. We're still, well, he, he almost could have won two, you know. <laughs> right, <laughs> Except right. he blew it that one. And that's the thing. Like, well, today, it would feel a lot better, though, if he had a ring on his finger when you said that to him. That's true. Well, here's the thing, though. Today, and the day, in the days after, like the the day after it happened. So the day after Game Six, mm-hmm. like Mike Wilbon on Pardon the Eruption just crushed him, yeah. just killed him. We should be spending these couple of days going, boy, what a season for the race! What a remarkable season! Little engine that could took right. out took out the the Yankees, took out the Astros. You're welcome, Major League Baseball. You yeah, took out right, the Astros. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, turned, you. had one of this one of the great all time World Series games ever yes. with the local kid. Win. We should be sitting here for the next all off season saying, "Ah, they came up short, but what a season, man!" And instead, you're like, "What did Kevin Cash do? Why did yeah. you do that?" And that's not the reason they lost. I mean, I, I, I mean, no, they lost. I, I don't think they, they hit like they lost because they hit like me today. I mean, seriously. not when I was in college. They hit like me today. <laughs> They had three guys, Randy Rosarena and uh, and Randy Rosarena and then Randy yeah, Margot Rosarena. a little bit, Kiermaier a little bit. So their yeah. number two guy, their number five guy, their number eight guy. They weren't even in the lineup. They weren't even next to. They each weren't other. even together. Yeah, right. They're spread out. And so, I mean, we were talking midway through the year, Brandon Lau about being an MVP candidate. He totally disappeared, except for the one game where he had two home runs. 
Uh, Mike Zanino, you don't expect much. You don't expect a lot from Mike Zanino, but he couldn't even run into one. One, one for 16, I think he was yeah. in the World Series. And then you have Willie Adamas look completely oh. lost at the plate. And then even guys like like Joey Wendell, who came up in some big spots yeah, in the he, series. he had a chance to do some stuff. Didn't do anything. And then you had uh, Meadows. Austin Meadows. Was, I think he was banged up, but then he, he was starting Wolf. to get it. So you have a feeling like if they could, if this was – if they could have played like five more games, <laughs> I think yeah. I think Austin Meadows would have gotten really hot. But yeah. best of twelve, uh, yeah, right. But Brasso after the Chapman homer, kind of uh, he was done. He couldn't top that moment. Yeah, and so it's that that's the reason why they lost it. But I mean, we'll always look back and look, Rick. And I'm not going to blame just you know just the Rays for this thing. It's not the Rays only ruining baseball because we look back. I think it was what last year's game seven between the Astros and the Nationals. Mm-hmm. Granky took a two nothing lead. I want to say into the seventh inning, uh, pitch count wasn't that high. Gave up a homer, make it two to one. Then walked the guy. So you could see maybe the wheels were getting a little wobbly, but they yanked him out, and almost immediately the Nationals took the lead, and they never looked back. And like I said, yeah. Kershaw, Kershaw got taken out of the game the other night. Um, but I also think earlier what, what happens was, all the time. It happens all the time. Oh yeah, but the series, the Astros series. Speaking of Granky, and again, this is. You know, Dusty Baker, old school guy, been around forever. Mm-hmm. There was there was a game where you know Granky looked like Granky was leaking oil, and he should have come out. And Granky stayed, talked him into it, like leave me he in. Waved him off, yeah. And he and it paid off. It was, and it, I'm sure it was a gut. I'm sure all every analytic, every statistic said get him out, take him out, take him, take out. him out now. And he didn't. And uh, and I remember I covered the game actually. I was at the game in 2003 American League Championship Series where the Yankees played. The uh, Red Sox game seven. That was the year that Page, Page, John Don Zimmer went after Pedro Martinez and Pedro oh, threw yeah. him out. Still a bad. What look. a great series that was! And there was a beanball, uh, people mm-hmm. throwing to people in that game, and it was it was a crazy series. But that was the the series that Aaron Boone won with the home run in the bottom, yeah. of whatever it was, eleventh or twelfth inning, and um, off of Tim Wakefield hit the home run. But in that game, that's the famous game where Grady Little left Pedro Martinez in too long. And I remember being in the press box that night, and a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, it's Pedro. He's dealing. Like, leave. yes, you stay with. I don't even know who they had in the bullpen. But right. I'm like, you stay with. I'd rather lose and look back and say, yeah, I lost with my ace on the month. Yep, and I, I think I, no one would have. And not, and not that you manage like this. You can't manage like being afraid of like, well, what are people going to say if we lose Yeah, this? you can. <laughs> but, but if you're Kevin Cash, like, you know manage. what? No one in the world. And that's the thing about what happened if the it, other night. You're right. If it didn't work out, if, if he leaves Blake Snell in and the next guy hits a two-run bomb and they're down two to one, nobody says, ah, you should have gone and gotten him. Right. I mean, somebody will say that. But well, I mean, sure, for the yeah. most part, it's easy to. It's <laughs> Maybe easy Eric to, Neander would say it. but Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> Right, right. When he gave him the settlement, um, <laughs> it, it would it would it would be easy it would be easier, um, I think, for most people to at least accept why you did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, sure. The, not that uh, some some give, somebody would say, yeah, you should have taken him out. You got the analytics, right? But but at the end of the day, everybody said, yeah, you know, the way he was throwing, I'd have left him in too. More people would have said that, I think, even yeah, if it didn't no, work right. out. And because there what, is that, that move too, it wasn't, and not the Twitter's the be all end all, but. Yeah. It's not as they if they could have had a vote. They could have done a quick, well. If they did, it would have been ninety nine percent because <laughs> it really was one of those cases where it wasn't like eh, maybe ta-. there was no. literally everybody was like, "What no, are you doing? <laughs> don't do." Are you like other players? Like he players around right. baseball. Kristen Yelich and right. Pat- Patrick Mahomes said it. It was like everybody at the before even anything even happened. Yeah, was like 
this is a mistake. It. Well, and and you know, it's. I mean, you, you just can't get it back, man. You you just you know that moment. And again, what I feel bad about is that we'll never know. We'll never know what kind of World Series performance he was about to. It's funny you thing. say if that. You, it's funny you, you say that because I said you weren't going to win this game. I kept saying this. You're not going to win this game one nothing. And, and I you said, answered why like, why? Why? <laughs> what what How gave do you, you know? any reason to think the Dodgers are going to score as long as Blake? Well, Snow not only that, game? but let me ask you this because this is what it came down to. Okay, if I'm Kevin Cash, I'm thinking this. Okay, are my best chance is my best chance to win this game, right? One nothing with Blake Snell throwing a shutout and maybe, you know, at late in the game, maybe a reliever or a closer or something in the last, you know, six outs, six, three outs, whatever. Yeah, you go to Fairbanks or, or, or whatever. Or do I think that if we lose this lead, right, that we're going to come back with the way my guys are swinging? Right. Right? My gut would have told me, I'm riding this guy. I'm He's secretariat. I ain't taking him out. He's my horse. I'm going with him because you know what? I don't trust the other guys. I've seen those swings. Right, right. It don't matter who they put on the mound. They've used seven pitchers, and we can't hit any of them. Right. You know the problem is the guys swinging the bat, not the guys on the mound. I don't have a chance to come back if I lose this. I'm gonna have to, my best option to win Game Six is to win it one to nothing with a historic performance by Blake Snell, and I'm going for it, baby. I'm riding it. It's hard. It's hard now. Obviously, we look back, and and you're right. But uh, yeah, if you would even have said to me in the sixth inning, you're gonna win. You're gonna win. You're gonna win this game. But you're either going to win it one one nothing or like three two or four three, right? I would have said yeah one nothing because they're, they're not going they're not going they're not capable of scoring three or four runs. Now having said that, I don't know that they score <laughs> any runs in Game Seven against Walker Bueller. But but who knows? Like Charlie Morton, Charlie Morton could have come out and had and pitched like he did in Game Seven of the of the ALCS. You could have used Charlie Morton. There was no tomorrow, and Charlie Morton might retire. So he was he was willing to throw right. No, you but know, I mean, again. even in Game Seven, you would have been fine with him. Oh, I, right. I look. I oh, also Charlie think, Morton in Game Seven. The, the Game Seven, Charlie Morton is unhittable. Right. That's true. That's true. You know, I do. I do think that. No, I mean, you're right. Like when I was saying they they weren't, and that's so. CC Sabathia said that too. I was listening to a podcast. They're like they weren't winning that game one nothing. And so, I think somebody said the same thing to him. Like, why not? Why not? <laughs> somebody. How do you know? Exactly. Somebody said that Jack Morris couldn't pitch ten innings and throw a shutout one nothing, right? Somebody said that, right? Right. Somebody said it and he did it. But he got the opportunity to do it. And that's the thing. And I'll go back to the beginning of this conversation. Here's what the Rays this is going to be, right? This representation, what happened in game six of this World Series, is going to be why people will choose sides. Because you're going to see the pendulum start to I mean, you know. You know what they're talking about in baseball, Tom? We're going to outlaw shifts. I heard the commissioner. Heard him on with Dan Patrick talking about, yeah, we're looking at it. They're going to keep the the shortstop from going on the second base side of the bag. They're going to start doing things to remove, to pull back from the analytics in the city. How do you metrics. feel? I, now, I watch – there's part of me – look, I'm I'm old school. I've been following baseball since I was – In four outfielders? Come on. Five. I, I've been watching what baseball since Softball? I was five. I get it. I understand it. And it frustrates – there's nothing worse in the world than a guy gets – smashes a ball and you immediately go, oh, yeah. And there's like it's right at a second baseman who should be standing 
nowhere well, near where that second base. How many times? I don't know. When I grew up, they told you to try to hit the ball back through the middle every time. Yeah, like, that now was your, you got like four guys. Now it's you have like to hit there's, it yeah, there's there's like three guys standing over the bag at second. When there did were, that happen? I think there was a play actually in the game in game six. Austin Meadows hit the snot out of a ball. Yes. And Joe Buck got excited and it was like, oh, wait, second base yeah. was there. Like, the shift, he, yeah. even, like even he, even Joe Buck hit, in, hit into the shift. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what the call was. Right. But there's also another part of me. It's like, well, look, you put nine guys on the field, put them wherever you want. Right. And if you, if you don't want me to hit it at you, then don't hit it somewhere then, else. Then learn to hit it somewhere else. And you would think that, you know, when they do this stuff where there's no infielders on a whole side of the diamond, we used to do this. You remember when you used to play in, in, in you know, you didn't have enough players, right? Yeah. And, you, you, you know, you needed, you want, you would love to have, you know, eight or nine or at least eight to position around the field, right? When you go play, like, with the tennis balls or whatever you do. The right, play, yeah, yeah. Play park pickup ball, right? Sure. But you would have, like, maybe four or five. So you'd say, call your field. Right. Remember that? And you had to hit it there. And you had you to hit call it to, your field. And if you, you hit, hit it to the, the other field, you're the out. Other field, you're out. Yeah. But we, would, we, we, we knew how to hit that way. You know what I mean? Like, okay, all the outfitters and everybody's on the right side of the diamond. You have to hit it that way. I mean, how come How come there hasn't been a single, like, you, very rarely you'll see a guy try it. First of all, bunting isn't allowed, apparently. No one can bunt anymore. And then secondly, so you're, let me get this straight. I'm in a World Series game where I need base runners and I need to score runs. And you're going to vacate the entire side of an infield. There's a. I don't know if you've walked the diamond. As I get older, I realize how big the infield is. Oh, I know. I, I, don't, I need a relay guy to get it to first now. <laughs> but, like, there's a lot of ground over there, man. You I know? say this to my kids all the time. Are you and- telling me you can't hit a ball through the side of it, 90 feet between bases? 90 That's why feet? baseball is the perfect game. I think about this all the time. If you think about a field, okay, so you have the pitcher and the catcher. Don't count them because you know, right. one's not like one's not on the field and the other one really Right, he's behind isn't. the plate. Yeah. And so you basically have seven guys to cover as, as big a field there is. If, you, if I had never seen the game of baseball before right. and you described me the basics of it, you like I just score hundred runs. The score's going. The final score of these games is yeah, it's going to be a hundred and ninety-eight. No You'll never no get doubt. a guy out. This is stupid. That's right. And it's so perfect. Now, I can't even imagine. Even in the old days, when everybody lined up where they're supposed to line up or in their yeah. traditional positions, right? But now to put shifts on, you're exactly right. Look, there is a problem with baseball, Rick. As much as like, as you know, the old saying, you know, like chicks dig the long ball, and everybody loves home runs and all that. Here's the thing. I don't. I don't think that it's. That it's fun to watch. It's home run derby. The game is the game of baseball has turned into home run derby. It's strike out or home run. Tom. It's strike it's out. Strike or home me run. out or ho- or I hit a home run. That's the game. Yeah. There's and no action. There's there's ball one, ball two, strike one, strike two, count, walk and work to count. Get the starting out pitcher out. Although now that doesn't even work because chances are they're going to bring in a reliever. In the oh, and every anyway. here's what's changed the game. Two things have changed the game. It's called velocity. Actually, it's one word: velocity. Okay. <laughs> It's it's um, high yeah, velocity. Not, that's, that's two not, words. That's, that's two what words. it is. Yeah, um, everybody but, does. Everybody throws nine. A stable. You know, but, I got a stable full. You know who else has a stable full of guys? Every team in the league. Everybody. Yeah, I mean it's the biggest change in the game, right? So you go out there, and no matter who they put in the game, they're throwing ninety-eight plus. Okay, so it's about velocity. Go as hard as you can, and as long as you can, and we'll get get the next guy. All right. So now, what do they talk about with hitters? You know what they talk about? Exit velocity. Yeah. What? Wait, what? Launch angles. and the, But what? do we sound like, this is what I'm saying to Rick, do we sound like old guys now? Do we sound like, oh, baseball stinks. I hate baseball. 
Yeah, I mean, is that how we sound? I mean, are we wrong or is it like? Well, no, let this me ask works. You this. Like, but, like no, this, let me ask this you this: the, 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 there was something about the game. The design of the game was not designed to do what they're they've done to it. Here's the problem, and I'm going to let you in on a secret. You can be the off my lawn guy all you want to. The neighborhood has changed. It's never coming back. How do you feel yeah. about that? How do you feel about the fact that the genie is out of the bottle, the toothpaste out of the tube, using it, whatever? It's never coming back, and here's why. Because this has been this generation's sort of introduction to baseball, and so now, you know, no one's going to say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to combat that, and we're going to play small ball. We're going we're gonna to not throw as hard. I want a guy, give me a guy that throws about 83 that can really locate. You're not gonna, no one's going to want that guy. You're either going to hit the ball out of the park, or you're going to throw 100 miles an hour, they're not going to let you play. They're right. not, I'm telling you, they're not going to let you play. You know why? Because take- guys get paid, right? Right. They're getting salaries based on what, how hard they throw, okay, and how far they hit the ball and how hard the exit velocity is. Right. Period. The only way to change it, dude, the only way it comes back, Rick, is if you make massive changes to the game. And when I say massive changes, it, it goes far beyond shifts. It means... Like ma- I'm talking massive changes, like moving the mound back, moving no, the mound you can't down, do that. and it'll can't never happen that. because you got a, you know, fifty thousand, eighty thousand, hundred, whatever. I will tell you what you can do though. What you can do, and what do you think of this? We're not playing nine inning games. We're playing seven inning games. I, I've, I, I've long advocated for that. We're gonna play extra innings, man on second base. I'm okay. I was okay with that. Really. I didn't have like, a problem with it. I was fine with it. We use that in youth ball. It doesn't bother me. It gets yeah. the game over with. It adds some drama. It's sad that you have to put a guy in second. What did you think you, about that? That the three pitchers thing. I, I, you know, I actually came to like it. <laughs> see, <laughs> the, that, I, you, that a pitcher like has to fact, face three guys. Yeah, I kind of like the fact that they weren't, you know, because the, the, again, talk about slowing the game down, right? It was the parade of, of pitchers, right? Okay, this guy he's throwing right-handed, and he countered with lefty. Now I'm gonna bring my lefty, and he's got everybody's got to warm up, and everybody's got to go to commercial break. It was taking four and a half hours to play these games. I mean, that's the thing. How much time do I want to invest in this? I, I watch an NFL game, Tom. It's three hours. Boom. Oh, it's a, yeah, boom. Boom. Three hours. That's it. Well, let no. me ask you this. I mean, not, we'll get everybody off our lawn, but it's, will we look back now at this <laughs> Don't race? Don't make it sound like we're, just, well, know, we're the I, old I, guys. Well, you know? I know. I know. But, I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, we're not alone in this. There's no, well, by me, the way, there's nobody who thought it was a good idea for Blake Snell to come out of that game. No. But, but I don't think great? we go the other way either. I don't think we go the other way where we're – and I know that's not what you're saying either, that let's outlaw shifts and let's never pay attention. It's all eye test. Like, no, the numbers do matter. There, There is something to say. I don't know that I'm against that, by the way. I'm not, I don't know. I haven't made my, my mind whether I want to outlaw shifts. I don't know I'm against it. But, the, I mean, we both have will admit, and I think most people admit, there is a, there is a place in the game for analytics and for – studying and getting guys out at certain times and shit. I kind of enjoyed watching. Here's the thing I liked about this race team a lot, Rick, is everybody, I liked everybody, every player, and every player played. I mean, it was pretty cool where, all right, we'll watch Choi for a couple innings, and then, all right, here comes Brasso for a couple innings. Like, I didn't mind not having that same set lineup every night. I kind of like, oh, okay, Meadows is playing tonight, and then next thing you know, oh, Margot's in the game. You know, but See, that's part of the buy-in, and you can't do that I mean, you know, no, Mookie Stan, Betts Stan, isn't like Stanton, Judge, and Mookie Betts aren't going anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. I mean, like depending on the team you're playing, and don't. And let me ask you this: Which team would you rather have? Who'd you rather be? 
do you want a, a team full of high payroll New York Yankee stars or um, L.A. Dodgers stars, or do you want the Rays? And some people, be careful before you answer, because some people say, well, I love the Rays because I love the fact that they're not those guys. They're every guys. Right. They're, they're, they're not the highest paid. They just, they, they just scrap, and they're a team, and they, and they pick each other up, and, they, and they're fun to watch, and they're Tell all you those what things. Else is nice, you know, what else is like to what else there is to like about those guys, Rick, is that if I lose one of them for two months, my team doesn't fall apart like the Yankees. Good point. Good you know, point. When, when Stanton goes down and Judge goes down, they oh, had a bunch yeah, of injuries. Yeah. Like, the Rays played a lot of time this year without Austin mm-hmm. Meadows. They played right, a lot because, of time without uh, Rosarino, you know, so. Right, because there's a marginal difference. And, and what it is is that, like, you will kick – if you're the Yankees, you will kick their butt one through eight on the roster all day long until you start losing them, until they start getting hurt. They will kick your butt one through 40 for the whole season. Right. They'll bring guys from Durham that are as good as the guys they lost, and they'll still beat you. Right. So they, they approach it a little different way, whereas you got all your money invested in just the nine guys you're going to play every day or eight guys, and they have, they have, they have, their, is, their roster is 40 deep, and they're going to beat you with the AAA club before the year's over. That's right. how they operate. Okay. However, again, like, you know, it, it's, and, here, and here's what I was talking to Steve about the other night. It was like, you know, the game is still played, right? You can take all the numbers you want, and it's changed the game. I get it. Like, they know with two strikes how often I hit the ball in the air between short and third. It's weird. It's weird to me. Right. But the game is still played by players. In other words, it don't matter what Kevin Cash has on his sheet about the third time around with Blake Snell in the mouth because Blake Snell's the guy with the ball. And you know, when Joey Wendell goes up or so-and-so goes up, they're not thinking, yeah, I'm good in this situation with two out, a runner on third, or one out. You know what they're doing? They're trying to beat the guy with the ball. They're, they're, Tom, as God is my witness, they're playing the same game they played when they were 8 and 10 years old. The guy throws the ball, and I'm going to try to hit the ball. And when he hits the ball, I'm going to try to catch the ball. They're not thinking about all of this other crap. Right. They don't have little like geometric numbers and stuff and you know angles floating through their heads. These aren't robots. They're baseball players. And they're right. damn good baseball players. Maybe they were given up on. Maybe they weren't as tall as the next guy. Maybe they didn't hit the ball as far, didn't have the exit velocity, and they found themselves on the race. But when they strap it on, they're just playing a game, man. Well, and they are, and it's, it's really it's a really good point too, because the reason I think the Rays were so successful this year is they did the I I they did the one thing you have to do in baseball, which is they know they they could catch the ball, they could catch it, they could throw it. Yeah. And I don't care what level of baseball you're in, and I I've watched you and, and I have played in a ton of high school sure. games and watched a ton of high school games and rec oh. games. And yeah. I'm telling you, in almost every one of them, the team that throws it away loses more often than the team that doesn't. And it happened so in this true. series. The yes. Dodgers Dodgers lost the game because they couldn't they could not catch a ground ball to the outfield and throw it home in a two throws without throwing it. A man went from first base to home on a single to center. On a single to center field. And he fell down on the way. And and he did right, he he did a triple salcal um you know in a a, a dismount you know like he was in gymnastics. You made two and, you had, there was a ball hit to a, three guys touched the ball. Yeah. Three guys and two of them screwed up. <laughs> you could make an argument all three of them screwed up. All three of them did really. 
But you had two errors on one play because you yeah. couldn't feel And you lost a World Series game because of it. So, right. yeah, you're right. The game is still. And the third base right. coach who was waving this dude on was just going to get him out by 100 feet. Yeah. Right? He made a mistake. Right. right. And Linares had no idea what he was doing. Well, we look um, back at this season, Rick. Well, uh, how will this eventually, will the bitter taste of how it ended with Blake Snell, because that was only a small part of what happened. Will we eventually forget that, or is this going to I don't know, Tommy, to, to, quote, to quote a certain Nostra Thomas, and I know it's not the same thing, but no, I'm going to say it I know, anyway. where, I know where you're headed. To quote, quote a certain Nostra Thomas, <laughs> after a team lost four in a row to Columbus and had yeah, won the President's you Trophy, bring this up. <laughs> you said, and I repeat, they will never get past this. The only way they get past this is to go back there and win the damn thing, and that's it. And anything short of that, it's a it's a lost season. It's a failure. I think they. I think the Rays. There's a little bit of a difference that I think if the Rays just get back, they will have sort of exercised those demons. I will say really? though, you don't think because, they have to? I mean, they've well, lost because two World I Series the, now. I thought the Rays were the or the Lightning was the best team. The year they lost even four straight. That's they fair. Were, That's they fair. were the best team. I don't think I'm, I think the, but the Rays had the best, best record in the American League, and they right. took down the Yankees and the and the Astros. I, I think we'll look back at this season though overall with fond memories. And that's the thing I hated about the way it ended. Like I yeah. almost would rather have them. Lost. It should have ended on Saturday night, even though they lo- even though they won the game. They should have called the series right there. Right, right. Let, you almost let that that's be their what last I even moment. thought. I said let I would, that be their last moment. Be the you know? then that's what we should remember. And if they would, they almost would have been better losing. Game six, like six to one, you know. Blake yes. Snell pitched four yes. or five innings, and or gotten through Absolutely. that, and got not. You know, they took him out like in the seventh, and the game got away from him, and they lose the game. Like I said, they lose six one or four one or whatever, um, right. or three one without <laughs> Blake Snell coming out of that game. But, Let me ask you this: Does Kevin Cash take a hit? In other words, and I think, he, again, I think he's a terrific manager. I think he's the perfect guy for this team. And what he's done, people don't understand how hard it is to follow Joe Madden and do what Joe Madden did. Um, but your best pitcher, probably we've established, isn't going to trust him anymore. How many other guys on that staff feel that way? How many guys on the ball club feel that way? In other words, could he could he become shaky, right, if and maybe the guys say, the old man was wrong. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe they just go, it's not it wasn't a real order. You know, what if they start tuning them out? That's a possibility. I think it's always a possibility. The other thing, too, Rick, is that they will, and not that the fans are going to dictate how you run your organization, <laughs> but he will never, yeah, he will never. Montreal, yeah, Montreal you can have that half. Yeah, half, yeah we didn't. We you didn't have actually, the bad decision, Kevin you know, That's the Kevin one Cash. thing we didn't do. Let's go to Montreal and get the reaction of that's the Montreal thing. Um, but I will say that I, that, the way analytics works is that, that it doesn't work every night, that there are nights where it's not going to work because you're going to use four pitchers and one of them is going to be off on a certain night. It's going to work more, more nights than not. But every time it doesn't work now, Rick, from then on, people are going to go, ah, there's the race. Damn analytics. There's Kevin Cash. Not trust. So every move will forever be second-guessed. Not that a manager doesn't have that already, but this takes away a lot of, it took away a lot of the goodwill he had built up, a lot of the credit, and a lot of people. Some people will never forgive him for what happened, and I don't think that's fair. And I actually think it's unfortunate. That's what I feel bad about because I think he's a really good manager, and I think it's a really good team. It was a really good season, and this is the lasting memory, which is really sad to me. You know what should happen, Tom? Somebody should make a movie. Uh, not Moneyball. Hey, Cashball. <laughs> How about that? 
Hi, cash ball. And he could do a story about how, you know, this guy did it his way, but then fell just short of what they were trying to do. I well, don't you know, made man. a point too, Rick. I mean, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a? This is the only way they play. You know, somebody. I was on the phone with a friend of mine who called me about something else, uh, from up north, and he said, "Oh, they're taking Blake Snell out. Why would they take Blake Snell out?" And my immediate defense was, "Well, this is what they do. This is how it's how, it's how they got there." Like I almost didn't process it right away. Like, wait a minute, he's right. They shouldn't mm. be taking him out. My immediate reaction was, "No, this is what this is how the Rays play. This is what they do." And so they're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep doing it next year, too. I just, like I said, I almost feel more sad than anything that... Aren't you willing, though, to say that they, even if they made it back to the World Series, they will never make it back with, a, with an assemblage of players? That sounds all horrible. I don't know no, I know what you mean. I know what you're getting They will never make it back with a, with a group of guys that will be talented enough. Okay? Because what did this team like? They caught the ball. They threw the ball. They pitched very well. They can't have everything. We can't have nice things, Tom, because we can't afford them. We can't but, I mean, afford. But don't you enough think those guys that you know we, we they you know, should have hit? They should have hit better than they. But did. they got lightning in a bottle. Look, they're not even there unless a guy who wasn't with them until August like twenty seventh, right? This this guy they traded, you know, was a throw in. The Cuban in, Roy Hobbs, yeah, the, <laughs> Wonder yeah, Boy. Exactly. Yeah, I'm looking yeah, at his bat. I'm looking for the Wonder Ex- Boy logo. Exactly. I, I still think he's a ghost. I think I, gonna, I think you're going to start next year. And they go, where's where's a Rosarina? Like, Didn't you expect the guy yeah. to come up and go? I saw you before. Were you down in the Mexican League one day? There, I'm guy. telling you, he's going to come up back next year, and he and he's going to be awful. You watch. Oh, of course. Like, He'll never do it. He'll never repeat again. And then, like three years, like remember, remember that Randy? What was that guy's name? Randy? A Rosa, like, a Rosa, a Rosa. No, I actually Rosa. think he's got to be spectacular. But it it almost feels like he's a ghost. Like right, that didn't he happen. Came out right? of, he came out of he's moving yeah. like Graham, man. Like he came out of <laughs> he was nowhere. filled of dreams, man. <laughs> Who does what he did? I mean, seriously, like they're not there unless this guy comes out of nowhere. Right, well, Havana, Cuba, but he comes out of nowhere to do what he did, which was stupid. Right, it was like. The greatest. He should have been the American League most valuable player, and they didn't win the series. I know. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like he should have been the World Series most valuable player on a losing team. If they he was, ever, uh, gave, I almost thought he should have. And then next year he could. St- he would have done that before he could become Rookie of the Year, which right. Is but don't. But don't you think that you know if there was ever a case to make that you give it to a, to the guy on the losing team? It should have been. You know, um, the movie uh, with uh, uh, John Travolta, Saturday Night Li- Saturday Night Lights. Night what Fever? is it called? Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. I expected the kid who who the Dodgers who was it, the shortstop they gave it to who they gave yeah, it to yeah Corey Seager yeah I expected Corey Seager like John Travolta to go up to the Puerto <laughs> like Ricans <this>. and say, <laughs> and say nah, this, is, this belongs is, to you this man. belongs to you <laughs> <laughs> somebody should have done that come over here this belongs <laughs> come to you here. we didn't really win that one Sandy we didn't win that one I mean it's, it's you're exactly bold. right yeah for sure <laughs> they're much better than us look at them. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, he, yeah. Well, it's sad. it's sad. I'm actually sad. It was it was it a tough way to lose. Yeah, I I didn't think they'd win. I'd have been okay with them losing, but I just feel awful for Kevin Cash. I know everybody wants to be mad at him. I actually just feel bad for him. Yeah, I felt bad for him too. And um, I guess maybe sometimes masks are a good thing to wear <laughs> when when you're watching your world fall apart. You know, yeah. but uh, the eyes kind of said it all. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Always great to catch up with Tom Jones. He's going to be back, 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 and better than ever to talk tomorrow with us about whether Tom Brady is the favorite for the most valuable player in the NFL, for that matter, if the Bucs are the best team in the NFC. And we'll chat with Matt Baker about the weekend ahead in college football. And, hey, folks, uh, remember now, if you're looking for some party platters, something for your catering in Tampa Bay, call our friends at Mr. Empanada. You won't be sorry. You know what an empanada is. You just take this... Uh, any of your favorite foods, really, and just place them inside a pocket of homemade bread. They cook it uh, perfectly until it's golden brown. Piping hot is just delicious. And you can also order other menu items from scratch, including uh, soup, salads, Cuban sandwiches, online at mrempanada.com or call any one of their seven locations in Tampa Bay. Where Latin food, quality, and service meet, it's Mr. Empanada. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 